This is the M6P with your host, Andy Kirby. And Jared Mayo. You know, I wasn't uh, sure about that intro music, but it has definitely grown on me, man. Good. I like it. Uh, well, we're in agreement, finally. Uh, the only thing this episode. <laughs> I doubt that. I bet, <laughs> I bet we will agree a lot this episode. All right, so this is the M6P. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we are sponsored by DCB Service Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Go there, get your pre-orders. Uh, we got a lot going on tonight. We got some voicemails, so we're gonna head right into it. Anything else you want to say before we go into it? Uh, we're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnerships, CRPSavings.com, and Michael Web Solutions, MichaelWebSolutions.com. You can find us on social media, the M6P. Email us m6plc at gmail.com and uh, Marvelous Box. Go sign up for the Marvelous Box, theM6p.com. Get your subscription. We're going to be closing it real soon. Do we have a date that we're closing that? Uh, the middle of the first week of June. Okay, all right. So we don't have a hard date. We'll try to keep it open as long as possible, but uh, go there and subscribe. Let's hit our first voicemail from Frank. Hey, the Andy, Kirby, and Jared of Marvel 616. I'm sorry, 616. Um, this is Frank. Just wanted to check in with you guys, let you know I've been listening to some uh, older shows, and it's making me laugh a lot. Really enjoy the show. Uh, finally, have time to listen to some. So, anyway, I have a question for your next show. Um, I probably asked you this one on like Twitter or whatever. Um, was wondering, I guess, what are like the definitive runs of like the last forty years, like? prior to 2000 for, like, Spider-Man, Iron Man, um, Captain America, all those guys, similar to what Claremont's run for X-Men would be, like a really long-running good arc when, when it started to get really good um, for all, the, like, the old classic ones, you know. So uh, the other question I have is what's been going on with the Eternals lately? I remember a few years back there was uh, – Neil Gaiman and J.R.J.R. Uh, did a, a run, and I read the trade for that a couple of times and really, really liked it. thought it was a really interesting take on those guys and wondering what happened since then. I know the gold celestial showed up in the X-Men books when they were in San Francisco, and I don't remember anything cool happening with that. <laughs> um, so I guess what's been happening with them and why didn't Marvel – go with them to replace mutants instead of uh, the Inhumans because I thought, you know, the Eternals were maybe a little more interesting than Inhumans. So, anyway, I love the show. Keep it up, you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right, I got to say, Frank, whew, loaded question. First of all, thank you. Sorry that we haven't gotten to this yet in uh, what – appears to be two months so I, i'm pretty sure you're not still listening you probably are like these guys also no. if i'm not mistaken jared this is our listener who has written a novel um uh frank if you want us to to talk about that novel 
call in again and, and we'll give you a plug. I think we plugged it before, but if we're not supposed to talk about it, you know. Um, so, definitive runs and then also what's going on with the Eternals. Do you have any thoughts on these definitive runs pre-2000? Yeah, I mean, I w- I'm a 90s guy. So while other people are upset about, you know, the overuse of pouches and <laughs> and weird haircuts and things like that. The that's overuse what I, of weird haircuts? Okay. Yeah, that's what I grew up on, you know? So that's kind of my bread and butter. I like that stuff. A lot of people don't like the 90s stuff, but that's all I can give you. Um, so for me, some definitive runs were like Roger Stern's run on Spider-Man. I know that was a little maybe before the 90s, but it was good. Um, also, like when Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and Amazing Spider-Man, they kind of went back and forth. Every other issue was in the other volume. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right around when they relaunched, volume two. Yep. I really like those books. Uh, of course, Maximum Carnage. Like that's Those three things are like my Spider-Man go-to. Um, Iron Man by Busick was excellent. I really enjoyed Avengers by Jeff Johns. Um, those are that's Jeff, what I would recommend. Now that was Jeff Johns was right before Bendis jumped on, right? Maybe it was, but for me, that's what I'm gonna go with. Okay, <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Avengers stuff was, you know, I remember Heroes Reborn, and then even after Heroes Reborn, I I just couldn't get into that. And before that, I wasn't into it. Uh, you know, like with uh. The, the brown leather jackets and everything. Those were for the X-Men. Those were not for the Avengers. <laughs> I remember, um, let's see, Hulk. Peter David's run is highly acclaimed. His original run. Um, uh, Peter David's run also on X-Factor is supposed to be really good. Uh, um, let's see, Iron Man, you know, you got Extremis, which I that was post-2000, but that's supposed to be a really good run by Garth Ennis. Um no, I'm sorry, Warren Ellis, not Garth Ennis. Uh, and I'm trying to think, you know, Brubaker's run, like everything I'm talking about is post-2000, I guess. Yeah, you need to listen to the question. Yeah, I know, I, I just need to go back and read all those things. <laughs> you love Mutant Massacre, right? Well, yeah, but he said that he knows about Claremont's X-Men stuff. I mean, if he wants me to answer X-Men stuff, we could just devote a podcast to that. Well, we might have to one day. All right, his second question, though. What's going on with the Eternals? Okay, we listened to this uh, voicemail previously, and I, I could have sworn that I saw an Eternal just hanging out, being mind controlled while somebody was getting beat up in one of these books recently over the past like three months. And I cannot. We searched the Googles, the Bings, the U- Yahoos, and I cannot I figure it out. I even got on Lycos. I don't know what that is, but that sounds terrible. It sounds like you you over-medicated yourself. I got on Lycos. You don't remember the Lycos search engine or Excite? No. No, no. I know Dogpile. Hmm. Mm. So, sorry, Frank, but uh, Marvel doesn't care about the Eternals right now. Which is really interesting because the Eternals and the Inhumans are connected. I mean, they go into, into Marvel history. So, I mean, obviously just go read Earth-X. That's my answer for everything. Aye, aye, aye. Okay, all right. So we got our uh, a next voicemail, and uh, somebody went on a little rant, um, uh, a friend of the show, and it got cut off, thank goodness. So we're going to go ahead and listen to that one right now. Hey, guys. This is Sean Shearschmidt up here in Dayton, Ohio. 
And I just have to say, uh, there is a definite reason I'm breaking kayfabe right now. Uh, you know, I'm sorry I don't listen to all of your podcasts all, you know, like one by one. I listen to them all in a big group, kind of like some people just, uh, go through their Netflix or whatever, watching 70 episodes in a weekend. Well, I don't listen to 70 episodes, but I do listen to about 10 at a time. And anyways, um, I just got done listening to, uh, to your guys' take on Deadpool. And I was pretty sad. I was pretty upset. Uh, really, the only reason that I went to go see the movie was because Colossus was in it, you know, and I knew that there was going to be, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, let's say questionable content. Um, and, uh, I just, I, I was willing to overlook or, or, you know, do whatever, uh, to watch a good, solid story on Colossus. Because, I mean, let's face it, he's not really had, uh, you know, a whole lot of screen time. The spotlight was directly on him, you know, and he is, you know, like the, oh, well, anyways, I'm, I'm not gonna preach a sermon on the greatness of Colossus, but I will say that, you know, he was the moral character for the movie. Uh, he was essentially, uh, Deadpool's leash. You know, he was the one to kind of keep him within bounds. Uh, and to see him just get knocked out, knocked around, and, you know, he was, he was essentially, uh, trying to be a guardian and a role model for this teenage girl. And, you know, she was able to smirk and roll her eyes at, you know, essentially a father figure getting beat up and tossed around. And uh, Deadpool was able to just kind of have his way, and at the end, his way worked, and Colossus's way was was proven to be wrong. Let me tell you something. That right there, that's sad. And I do hope that Colossus gets his own movie. Um, I I really don't see it happening now, but I would love for him to get his own. You know, whether it be him uh, coming over from Russia to the U.S whether it's him and a big fight against Omega Red, you know, I just very upset and I felt cheated um out of out of my time and my money. Uh yeah, it was a funny movie. Um but Deadpool's antics to me were on way, way, way over on one one far side of the ditch and Colossus's character and, and I would just like to point out that we didn't cut him off. That's a Google vo- Google Voice. You can call us at 616-755-TINA, but there is a three-minute limit. So, Sean, dude, the thing that cracks me up about this voicemail, like, first of all, I know he's serious because I know how much this guy loves Colossus. But the thing that cracks me up, he's like, and he was just able to smirk it off, and let me tell you something. Like... <laughs> that's not right like and Sean I we we touched on that I think we even talked about how he was the moral figure and it was good to I mean it was cool to make fun of uh the morals in that movie so yeah and we agreed that Colossus was kind of like uh not powerful at all not the Colossus that we wanted to see visually he was perfect right right so anyway all right we got one more uh and then we're gonna hit some books so Let's check this out. Stop being mean to the 12. It was a good series. <laughs> then that, that's it. 
<laughs> Stop being mean to the 12. It was a good series. <laughs> See, I wasn't even going to say anything. I was just going to say, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> all right, Caller, I agree with you. I think it was a good series. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame that JMS didn't get a chance to finish it. So it had to be finished by somebody else. Because no one wanted to read it. It was boring. <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed it. Okay, so what books are we hitting tonight? Which one do you want to do first? We are going to look at Civil War Zero and Captain America colon Steve Rogers. <laughs> Captain America Steve Rogers or Steve Rogers Captain America? What are we doing here? What do you want? I mean, it can be whatever. This is the all-new, all-different Marvel, baby. All right, well, let's do, um, let's do the Captain America Steve Rogers first. All right. All right. All right. You literally just finished reading this before the podcast, didn't you? I, I did, yes. I had to purchase this thing on the fly. <laughs> so, Phil, so you're like fresh. How, how do you feel? I, I, am, I am... There's so much in this comic that does not work. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, are we in agreement? Oh, uh, yeah. It's terrible. Okay, okay. First of all... This I'm glad he's young again. The costume is okay. The shield is awful. And with the like the light beam razor blade thing. <laughs> what is going on? And they're like, okay, so Winter Soldier and uh Cat Falc were not in this comic at all, but they were on the cover. Sharon, she's a hundred and three, but still wearing a skin cat tight outfit, you know? It's like right? but on the cover she didn't look that old. I know, but I'm looking at it right now. She's got jowls, man. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I was Okay, so at, at first I had high hopes when we delved into this, and it was the 1926 and everything. And, you know, when Remender did it about the dad being a scumbag, I don't know if we saw that before that part, but I don't like that. I like to think that Steve came from a very functional family. Um, and this was cool. Like, some of it was cool. The Rick Jones stuff, not cool. Seeing Captain America Young beating up people, that was awesome. Um, I actually really enjoyed the scene with um, Red Skull when he's talking to people. And that, that the art actually looks the best here. The rest of the book, it just does not fit. The, I mean, it doesn't fit Captain America. But Red Skull looks cool. Red Skull looks cool. Um, okay. Trying to think what else here. I mean, bringing Free Spirit and Jack Flag in here, I, it, it hurts me because I really like jack flag and this was like a terrible portrayal the best portrayal of jack flag is in thunderbolts during civil war well he just i don't know he's just kind of a character that's brought into as a as an end to a means yeah fodder just well yeah even in civil war he was too you're right right. yeah he was there he was in in thunderbolts he was here (laughs) i i thought it was cool how um the kid who had the the suicide vest or whatever, I liked his story better than Cap's, actually. Did it ever explain how Sharon is back? I thought she was dead. Well, I just wondered why she was so old. Is it because, like, she was caught in Dimension Z and that time runs differently there? Is that why? Well, I think you and I discussed previously that if we're going to get on here and ask a question that we don't know the answer to, we have to make sure the other one knows it so it looks like we know what we're talking about. No, 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 no. We didn't really fully discuss that. We, You just mentioned it before. But I think I can't break that habit. <sighs> All right. So what did you think about the payoff? The ending? Spoilers. 
what did you think about it? Oh, are we going right there? Is there no nothing else that you didn't dislike? Well, the pacing was rough. It was like a thirty-four page book or something. It, it had it had extra pages. Um, you know, I usually like Nick Spencer, but I'm telling you, for these serious characters and these serious books, the added humor does not work. The pacing for this was all off. It was like the end of a story and then a little bit more and then, okay, well, this is the end and then a little bit more and then maybe there's two stories. I don't really know what's going on here. Um, but the art was not good. for It was not a good match. But that's all. those are all my complaints. Really? There's There's not one other complaint? Anything about how the villain was? How Zemo was? Uh, no, Red Skull. Did he remind you of a, a certain uh, figure that's a real-life person? Um, are you talking about a certain presidential candidate right now? Yeah. I See, I think that most of that's just rhetoric. If you actually listen to what he says instead of just what the news says, I don't, I don't think they sound similar. But to your point, though, I think that he does sound similar to how the news portrays him, yes. Well, I mean, it just it was like... They basically had Donald Trump as the villain with a red skull on his shoulders. <laughs> you know, like, because if you identify with his platform and then you see Red Skull, you're like, wait, I agree with everything he's saying, but it's Red Skull. So I shouldn't. That you have a you have a point, because usually they have they don't have the dumb character or the villain speaking truth in a comic. They say, oh, well consider the source like if they insult a people group you say oh well which character said it exactly exactly so i was just like you know i am i'm more conservative in my thought process but i was just like i really i agree like yeah if uh if they are coming over and taking something of ours we should not let them oh wait that's coming out of red skull's mouth you know yeah but not only that yeah, okay, so there's that, and then, like you said, the payoff at the end. Okay, well, I mean, if you want to talk a little bit more about the politics of it, it's it, this is what I expect from the comic book industry. The comic book industry is notoriously a social justice warrior, very liberal, and so that made sense to me. Now, when I did read what he was saying about the refugees and about you know protecting people coming in versus protecting your citizenry, I think that a lot of that has to do with what an individual says about their um, what is the what is the true reason for government. Like our our government should be protecting its citizens, right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be protecting other people's citizens. However, in this global or other nations' citizens, I mean, you can, but that's not first priority. But in this globalized culture with the UN and humanism and humanitarianism being for the first and foremost, the, the philosophy and ideology has shifted to humankind. Every government's job is to protect mankind. And so if you take that as your viable philosophy, your underlying principles, then that is against what, that's diametrically opposed to what Red Skull is saying. But if you say, well, no, the government, the U.S. government should look out for U.S. interests and U.S. citizens first. Well, then that is what, you know, Trump says and what the, the Red Skull is saying, and then you're going to side with him. But, but, I think, I guess, but when, has, when has this ever been the Red Skull's platform, though? 
oh, I don't think it has. I think he's just, I mean, he's, I, when I read this, I didn't think he was being serious. I thought he was just saying whatever he could to get them on his his team, his side. But it's almost word for word verbatim of what Donald Trump is saying right now. So I think it was very much more intentional than maybe what you thought it was. So do you think the payoff then, like, all right, we talked about the Trump Red Skull and everything else that was horribly wrong with this issue. The end. Andy, tell me. Um, I probably won't read issue two. I, I, it's just not possible. Like, he has not waited all this time and waiting till the end of humanity in <laughs> Hickman's run of Avengers to wait until now to talk about the Reds. I mean, to talk about Hydra and, and I mean, why would it matter now? Because I mean, he's had the cosmic cube in his hand before he's had the infinity stones in his hands before, unless this is part of the new universe that Reed Richards and Franklin created and made him part of Hydra, then this is, it's not true. So, I mean, I, I, I'm to the point now where I have so little time, I'm choosing to ignore these things. Like, it can't be true, and so if I don't want to read about it, I'm not going to read about it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Just wait until the trade comes out and read how it was resolved, you know? Right. It's kind of like with, with Steve Rogers being old. We know eventually he's going to be changed to young. Yeah. It was... I, the reason why I wanted to talk about this one first is just because this... This was so disappointing. I read this one second. I mean, Civil War Two was really good. So, um, did you did you have anything else on this one? Oh, um, well, my friend Chris Joby, I was talking with him about it. He's not a huge comic book guy, but he said, you know, this kind of represents kind of where we're going as a society. You know, um, there are no more superheroes anymore. Like you can't identify with a hero because somehow everybody needs to be tragically, horribly flawed that you can't look up to them. And also he, his point was that it's very much uh, in vogue to be unpatriotic. And when you take America's symbol of patriotism and say, yeah, everything you knew about them was just an absolute lie, it kind of goes with, with where we're going in many ways as a society. The other thing he brought up was, I know that's kind of a loaded thing, but we don't have 30 minutes to talk. And uh, the other thing he brought up was the whole Thor's hammer, which surprised me. He said, you know, uh, Captain America in the comic books can lift Thor's hammer because he's worthy. So if he has been a Hydra mole for all these years, he would not be worthy. <laughs> that's a good point. Like, that's excellent. Wow. And he doesn't read comics that much? Yeah, he. I, I was like, uh, bro, do you read books? And he said, no, I'm just a little more in the know than the average moviegoer. Huh. Hey. No, that's a good point. And, and to, to what you're saying about him being the symbol of patriotism, the thing, and my daughter even says this, she says, I like Captain America because he always does what's right. He always does. And, you know, a lot of people think that Superman's a very boring character because he's invincible, and, and but he's always trying to figure out what's right, and so is Captain America. And that's the big thing I didn't like about 
him being old is because he was a different character. He was some curmudgeon guy that yeah. tried to put the kibosh in everything and was out of touch, and that's not who Steve was. Even if he gets old, he's not going to change who he is. He's always going to do the right thing. You're absolutely right. It was a different character. So, but he sure was a muscular old man. Yeah. Are you going to read issue two? Um, I'll probably read issue two just to see, like, what happens next. But after that, like, what's the point? <laughs> I got you. Okay. You know. All right, let's 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 uh, cram in some Civil War. Civil, uh, War, Civil II, War number zero. Yeah, to me, it was uh, kind of boring, but I thought the art was beautiful. This book was boring? Uh, yeah, there, like, not a whole lot happened. Like, okay, uh, I know there's the whole political, you know ramifications and stuff like that but really you know there was just a bunch of talking but beautiful <laughs> artwork yeah i didn't know koipel was going to be on this book i thought it was going to be marquez unless koipel just did issue zero. Oh, he's just like one of the top five of all time beautiful art i i love the courtroom scene i i mean the art was the highlight of this book but it was just nice to see bendis play with some of these characters i like his um I like his, his his dialogue, you know. One thing that did strike me though is that Rhodey is wearing an Air Force uniform, but in the page it says he's a Marine. Hmm. Well, you said you really like Bendis. Yeah, well, he didn't do the art, right? No. Oh, well. So I blame Clip. <laughs> I don't. What, think what he's do you think of them? Say, what do you think of them telling Rhodes that he wants Secretary of Defense? Uh, I don't know, because I've heard that he's going to be the one that dies, so maybe it's just a setup. Do you think that Cat Falk will die? And maybe no. that's how he'll get his shield back? No, I've, the rumors have been that it's going to be She-Hulk and, Warpath, and War Machine. Uh, so, we'll, we'll see. What do you think about the whole inhuman thing? Element to this. I'm just, I'm very much over it, but it's the whole catalyst to the Civil War. They they forgot that there's other precogs out there, but this one is very important. <laughs> I mean, blindfold is a precog, and she's and as far as I know, she's with Storm. Um, there there's been a ton of precogs out there. This is not new. Well, what are you talking about a precog in this issue? I mean, didn't the this had nothing to do with precognition, right? Well, yeah, the, he woke up from the cocoon and he saw the future on the last page. Oh. I thought that's just what it was. Like, he destroyed everything. How did you know that that was the future? Well, because he wakes up he wakes up in the cocoon, out of the cocoon, and then he sees the girl that he liked come out of the cocoon, too, and she's a monster. And he sees what the future holds. Where in the world are you getting that that's the future? How come it didn't just isn't just happening? I, I don't know, just not. <laughs> I, I thought for sure like this was what was going on, and like they destroyed the entire city by an explosion or something. I would. I am ninety nine percent sure that is not what happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now one of us is gonna feel silly listening to this podcast when the next issue of Civil War Two comes out. Yeah, well, that's true. But, I mean, there's nothing that tells me on that page that it's, hey, I'm seeing a glimpse of the future. Well, you know, I used to be a teacher, so I have to, like, 
anticipate things and kind of use my context clues to guess what the kid was going to try and pull all over on me next, you know? Ah, uh, context clues. I should have known. <sighs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed Doc Sampson and uh, Carol. Yeah, did not. More talking, more boring. <laughs> talking is the, like the, the best part for me. <laughs> like, talk when you fight. You know, be Spider-Man and Deadpool. That cracks me up. All right, what do you think about what do you think about Mariah, uh, Maria Hill? Like, when did she just turn into just this disgusting character that you're like, I I hope she dies. Yeah, it's a shame because she came like when she first appeared, she was you know snarky and but she was tough and you were you were kind of in her corner because she was the underdog and she really had everything against her. And now you really are like, just go away. She seems like just the easiest villain in this, you know? Like, hey, we need somebody who's kind of like Tony, but not Tony. She reminds me of uh, what Professor X was the past five years, like the five years before he was killed off. You mean like just her, how she's acting or like what happened to her character? Yeah, both. Like, oh, she just does all this bad, morally ambiguous stuff that she didn't used to do, but... Now she did, and we're finding out she did other things that you didn't think she did. So, uh, yeah, she's she sucks. She's awful. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, she's uh... I, I used to like her. Okay, I, I guess now uh, she's a morally deficient person and uh, wants to kill everybody for her own means. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to issue two. I thought this was really good. And uh, it really, like, I have not read a comic and, and, like, sat down to say, okay, I'm going to read one I'm looking forward to. Um, and I sat down and did that with this one, and it was it was fulfilling. I really liked it, and I was like, man, this is what it's about. This is why I read comics, you know? <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to issue one. I think that's probably going to be better uh, to read before issue two. I'm not going to skip over it. <laughs> okay, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be good. Yeah, I'm really looking... Uh, I'm not really looking forward to it, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. Okay. All right. All right. I think I'm down to just one X-book. By the way, which one? Uncanny. Whoa, you're not doing extraordinary. No. Or extraordinary, whatever you want to say. Extra. It's very extraordinary. There's put more ordinary in there. Well, I read today's issue. It was pretty bad. Yeah. See, I'm I'm going bare bones, man. I mean, I I don't have an Avengers book. I'm, you know, we'll have to hit the highlights, but, you know, as a pool list, I don't know. Well, announced today, I know we're going over time, but announced today, um, in July, Marvel re- will reveal their new books for the upcoming Marvel Now line. Oh, well, I mean, they need something because they uh, the monsters of S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone. But it's, it's literally go- called Marvel Now. Marvel right now. Marvel like this second. Like, like Marvel Now too. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Marvel, we did this before. Yeah, Axel's big thing is that he wants comic books to be seasons like TV shows. Uh, yeah. You uh, know, I mean, I've said this before. That's good for me because I don't have a lot of time right now. And so the big story, when he leaves, I'll have time to read the stories when the next guy comes. Time to go, though. Come on, Axel. Head on. out. All right, and speaking of time to go, let's wrap it up. DCB Service, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Go there, get your pre-orders. 40% off your Marvel comics. 40% off cover price. Why wouldn't you do it? 
Also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership, CRPSavings.com, and MichaelWebSolutions.com. TheMarvelousBox.com. Go there, sign up. Uh, we're going to be shipping the middle of June the first uh, mystery box that we have ready to go. Um, email us, voicemail, 616 nope, 616 tina uh, The social medias, you got us on Facebook, the tweeters, on Insta, Snap, whatever. No and Snapchat. You- and YouTube. Yes. Yes. I've gotten a lot of good feedback about that, so keep that up all right and anything else no all right man this is the m6p This is Peter Rasputin, also known as Colossus of the X-Men. I'm calling in to tell you that I enjoy this country very much. Would really love to be able to tell the rest of the world of all of the great opportunity in this great country. I am not here to steal the work. I am here to put myself to work. And, of course, to survive all of the attacks of the Brotherhood of Evil and all of the mutants that are out there. Currently, I am on my way to save another pesky human from the attacks of Magneto and the others. But I did have to call in to tell you that I enjoy this podcast very much. And, as always, I love you, Andy Kirby. Keep up the good work! As I go and preserve freedom, as I find my sister, Ileana!